Blog Talk Radio. and you are watching Sylvia Global Media Network and my special guest today is Katie Ornstein, the founder and CEO of the Op-Ed Project. Katie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, quite a pleasure. You know, the Op-Ed Project was founded to increase the range of voices and the quality of ideas we hear in the world. It's a collective of high-level working journalists who actively share their skills, resources, and connections across colors, creed, and gender guidelines. Um, talk to us about why you founded the Op-Ed Project and what the work is that you do specifically. Uh, I found Well, I found it almost by accident a little over five years ago. And um, the reason was because there was a big debate that broke out about why so few voices in the world. This is a historical debate. Why do we hear from so few people, especially so few women, so few people of color? You know, what's the reason? And about six or so years ago, right before I founded the, the Op-Ed Project, there was a debate that started because Larry Summers, who was then president of Harvard University, wondered why there were so few women in higher math and science, and could there be a question of biological aptitude? And that sparked a lot of debate and, you know, pissed a lot of people off and also um, generated a conversation that went well beyond higher math and science. And one thing that happened is there, there, it opened up a big debate about the nation's op-ed pages. So people who participate in these pages understand that this is a front door into the marketplace of ideas. And these are extremely important forums where thought leaders or leaders in general often get their start, feed their ideas. Um, these are pages that are enormously powerful and they predict who, who will be influential down the line and also what ideas will be influential down the line. And there was the, the debate that happened was somewhere around, um, you know, that circled around the ideas of whether it was sexism, so few women on these pages, was it sexism, is it biology, is it socialization? Um, and it went around and around in this kind of endless circle. And I watched that debate with a lot of interest because I study these kinds of things. I'm, I'm a folklorist and a journalist, so I study storytelling and, and who tells the stories and how individuals rise in, in influence, and also because I had written for a lot of these pages. And I felt like there was a really simple solution that people weren't talking about, and it's, it's the level of submissions, meaning who submits to those pages, who's actually knocking on the door and asking to be let in. And I knew from my own editors that the ratio was extremely um, extremely skewed. Far, far more men were submitting than women. Um, the Washington Post did a five-month tracking as a result of this whole debate, and they found that nine out of ten submissions to their enormously influential op-ed page came from men. And it turned out that roughly nine out of ten published op-eds were by men. So I looked at that statistic and I thought, Submission ratios are actually predicting publication ratios, almost one-to-one. One. They're almost predicting it directly. And publication ratios predict much more important things down the line. 
So why don't we just increase the number of smart women submitting to these pages? That's something very doable. I mean, you know, it could be sexism, it could be biology, it could be the weather. How, how would we know if we're not actually participating? And so I thought it starts at the level of participation. That's something that we can change. It's really simple. And I knew it because I had done it myself. You have done this yourself, and you've been doing this work through the OPEC project. How have you seen the numbers increase? I'm looking at aggregated data on your website at the opedproject.org, and the New York Times, for example, has 22% women, 78% men um, submitting and um, being published in the op-ed pages, how, how do you see these numbers changing in recent years since you've been doing this work? Yeah, there's been a big shift. Those numbers you're citing come three-month um, survey that we do. We, we track key opinion forums, um, an, an index of key op opinion forums every year. And that, that is pretty typical right now, about 22% for the New York Times. But six years ago, before we started, the numbers were significantly worse. Um, the average was around 85% um, male, 15% female bylines. And that's in a selection of, of key outlets like the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. And, in, and six years later, we've moved the dial by about six percentage points. So it's now about 21, 22%. The New York Times is a little higher than, the, than average. Um, so six percentage points is pretty a pretty significant improvement, especially when you understand that that's a 40% overall increase for women. I always like to say what's really um, important to remember with the numbers is we're working on a very solvable problem. It's an imminently solvable problem, and it's so great and very and very exciting to be working on something that we know we can not just improve but really solve. So how will you know that your mission has been accomplished? Mm -hmm. Well, we have a larger mission, and then we have a specific immediate goal. So we know when the specific immediate goal will be accomplished. That's pretty easy because we're, we're very tied to counting our results. And from the very beginning, we decided that our goal would be to increase the number of women in key tipping, in key leadership forums, thought leadership forums, to a tipping point. And tipping points happen somewhere around 30 35%. So we set 30% as our immediate goal to go from 15%, which is where we started, to 30%, which is where we would see, where research predicts we would see a lot of momentum happening around a tipping point. And right now we're around 21, 22%. So you can see that we're well on our way. Um, and if we hit that, I, we'll know that we've, we've met our immediate goal. And, you know, the funny thing is when I, when I first began doing this, I thought the goal would be to close up shops. To, to solve the problem and close up shop. Mm -hmm. But something has happened along the way because, um, you know, we're, there are now hundreds of us involved in this project. And the work that we do is a lot, it, it goes far beyond women and far beyond op-ed pages. Really, we are a collective of people who believe that the best ideas in the world, regardless of who they come from or where they come from, should have a chance to be heard and have a chance to change the world. So that's not just about opinion writing and it's not just about women, but it's, it's really about making sure that the best ideas and the widest range and highest quality ideas have a chance to, to come into our, our attention. 
We're listening to Katie Ornstein, founder and CEO of the Op-Ed Project. I'm your host, Gail Sylvia, and you're watching Sylvia Global Media Network.